Are you excited about the fifth one? The seventh one? They made seven of them? Not yet. The seventh one hasn't come out yet. You're like, I know, and we still have to find out if it's his father or not. <laughs> I just want Luke and Lane to get together, to be honest. Oh god, you didn't you really didn't see the sixth one. <laughs> Welcome to the Crooked Tail Podcast. This is Rob. This is Fred T. He usually doesn't say his name that weird. Uh, in this episode, <laughs> we'll be reviewing Fast and Furious 7, Furious 7, Fast 7, whatever you want to call it these days. Furious 7 Tokyo Drift? 7? I don't know. I don't know. Tokyo Drift Part 2? It sort of is a little bit. Actually, we'll get to that. Except it's not in Tokyo. Well, but it picks... Okay, whatever. And but the but no spoilers. is Tokyo. No, well, yeah. There's well, there's spoilers. Cause we're going to talk about Well, not now. Not yet. Oh, we're okay. going to do a review of Fast and Furious 7, as well as the new Marvel uh, Daredevil series on Netflix. So, Freddie, what's going on with you and, and your headphones over there? Um. Well, not much, Rob. Um, I've recently become, uh, sick, and now I'm feeling better. Fascinating. Even more recently. <laughs> Tell us more about your germs. <laughs> well, they are doing quite terrible right now, my germs. They always shoot up at all. And I'm also very frustrated, because we had technical difficulties with the microphone. Yeah. Now, yeah, for those of you that have heard... You know, more than one episode of this podcast, I've also, I've uh, regularly said that it's a work in progress, and we're sort of learning as we go along. Yeah, that's still whole. That's still the case. We're still well, working on it. Well, we got set back. We're down to the one microphone again. That's true. We're back down to one microphone. I don't know. We have to. We have to organize our audio setup. Anyone that knows how to set up a podcast and wants to help us out, please send me a tweet at Cricket Table. <laughs> <laughs> At least in my headphones. Picking oh wow! Okay, I, I'm good. hearing every every shake of the table. Really? In my headphones. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if okay. you can hear it on there, but I hear it in my headphones. Okay, now I have to remember to edit this part out at, a, at like five minutes in. Edit, and Rob, when you listen to this, edit this part out. And for God's sakes, put down that gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> Uh, dark humor. Um, so, uh, so yeah, not a whole lot's been going on with me since last time. Watching stuff, kind of catch up on Agents of Shield. Um, I saw Foxcatcher, kind of slow, not into it. Is it uh, about foxes? No, it's not. It's about wrestling. Is that the reason you saw it? Because, because you I'm not there. My foxes. name is Robert Fox. Yes. Yeah. No. I, uh, it's well, this is one fox. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't catch. This is one fox. I'm glad I didn't catch. <laughs> Why did you make it sound that way? I thought I thought it sounded better in that voice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, um, Fury, right. Fury Seven. Are we just gonna launch into yeah, it? Yeah, let's just go into Fury Seven. All right, Fury Seven. So, um, Fast and Furious Seven by director James Wan uh, picks up where, as you would expect, where we left off with Fast and Furious Six. This is his first one. Of- First, uh, James Wan directed one. This is the first one that 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 he did, right? Yeah, yeah. Justin Lin uh, did three, four, five, and six. Yeah. And then okay. I think they wanted to push seven into production really quickly, and Justin Lin was like, "Well, hey, I got a lifespan. I can't jump right into that." Basically, they have to start pre-production on seven, like right after six was done, and uh, he didn't rule that way. So James Wan, who's best known as director of Saw. Insidious and the sequel and uh, The Conjuring came on board. He's he's proven himself a really a really solid horror director. Um, so this was his first action film. Oh. And rumor has it that DC now is after him for the Aquaman movie. So we don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But what, how did you feel about? Um, we should also go ahead and say that this will be spoilers. I mean, considering how much money this movie has made at this point, you. I mean, you've probably already seen it, so... It was kind of a belated review. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, as far as James Wan's directorial action debut, you know, how did you how do you feel that the, the action came across in this one? 
I thought it was, I thought it was, a, <coughs> I thought it was a really good, uh, oh, <laughs> and that cold he was talking about. Yeah, there's the cold. Damn you germs! Yeah, damn you. <laughs> um, I thought he did a really good job with the, with this film. Um, because it had a, a lot of, uh, the outrageous action sequences. And I thought it was shot really well. And, um, I thought it was also taking the, the Paul Walker, uh, you know, his, his death also respectfully to the film. Yeah, yeah. Like treating it respectfully. And, and giving him a good send off. You know what, what I mean? did you think about how the, how the seventh one picked up from, uh, six? Like with the whole, with the Jason Statham reveal and the post credit scene. Well, I didn't like that they killed on. Well, I mean, we knew that from like Tokyo Drift, basically. I was hoping he was still alive. <laughs> oh, I mean, but you know how this franchise is. They could come around the next movie and be like, what? He crawled out the back of the car. No, he didn't. Yeah, I was hoping that's what they were going to throw at us in this one. <laughs> yeah, they didn't do a post credits scene because, I, you know, that would have been weird to be like that really heartfelt Paul Walker tribute ending for Paul and then, nope, some people don't die. You know, that, that would have yeah. been tacky. Yeah, exactly. I don't think they have any plans to bring her back as far as I've heard. Well, plus they also um, just did that with Letty. That's true. So they don't want to have... <laughs> Even Mindy's comes in with another folder and be like, you're not going to believe this shit. She <laughs> can't kill these rock, people. Because it's a rock's office. Look who the fuck's back. Another one of their crew. That's <laughs> invincible. And then the next one will be that that Spanish girl that that was that was uh oh, like well she's gonna play Wonder Woman she's now Spanish. she's actually uh Israeli I think Israeli yeah okay but she well, does look Hispanic I know I, I yeah. thought that too no she's playing Wonder Woman she ain't got time for this yeah exactly this now no, she doesn't have time for it so so what did so yeah the, I agree with you the action was really it was really intense and of course more over the top than ever. That, uh, I have to say that the, um, the cars coming off the plane was probably one of the, one of the highlights as far as the action set pieces. Mm-hmm. That was just ridiculous. Every time, every, as it went on, I was like, no, that's really, what the hell is happening? Yeah, and I like the, also the, the roaming humor. With Sometimes, I feel like they go a little too far with it where some of it was just ridiculously cheesy. And even though the movie kind of revels in its cheesiness, I feel like some of his lines were just like, oh, really cringy music. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, that's how it is. Though. I know, he but he's like, he's like, oh, I'm black. Black Arrow. Blarrow. But I was like, what the fuck? Black Blarrow. Black Arrow. You don't listen to his lines. You're like, oh, I like black it. Arrow? He made a joke about being a black Arrow. Blarrow, oh. he said. And I was like, that's really stupid. Oh, I, I think my mind just... You wandered. You were like, I would... I was like, I'm going to ignore that. Yeah, like, you should. Well well played. That little yeah. snippet of dialogue. Yeah, his character is so one note. I mean, he just shows up in every scene being like, well, I can't believe this. You did this, then I mean, we did a tank, and now this shit. Yeah. Almost like almost like he wants to turn into the audience and be like, can y'all believe this shit? <laughs> We're gonna go next! You see what these motherfuckers have me do out here? <laughs> He's like, I'm supposed to be a rapper. Oh my god. You remember his rapper? Yeah, I know. His rapping uh, foray? Yeah, I know. Doing rap shit for years, but in tears, no fears. Yeah. That was depressing. Yeah. And I, w- I was a fan of Tyrese's music career back in the day. And he's a likable guy on screen. I just feel like this character has like, become so flat and like, Almost distracting. Like actually, he's probably of the main people. He might be my my least favorite. I, I like him. He has he comes in with the quips. I like Luda. Luda plays off of him well. Yeah, I know that's what they play off of each other well. Like like how he didn't want to get out of the airplane, and he was like, "Oh, I'm making sure you're getting out of." The yeah, that was good. That was, the the ludicrous Tyrese interplay is the best part of the Tyrese uh, character for sure. Yeah, and then they they were fighting over Ramsey and stuff. She was she was pretty. She's pretty nice looking. Yeah, she's from Game of Thrones. Is she? Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. Well, I, that's how I knew her. Everybody else, I'm sure, is just like, yeah, Rob, what the hell? Yeah. Game of Thrones, where you been, I you know? I just came back, too. I just finished been. watching Glee, man. Give me a chance to adjust. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little catching up. I mean, there's only, like, there's, there's not that many episodes per season. So I it's know. very easy. They just started to catch five up. or six. Um, Game of Thrones, five, right? Five. Yeah, I so back to the Fury Seven. So this is what happens we go on tangent to tell you. So I thought the Jason Statham was sort of underused here. 
like I thought it was awesome to see him there, but I would have liked would have liked a lot more news from Statham. Like, oh, I feel like he just sort of popped up and like, guess what? Still around. And then drove past, and you were like, but but come back. You're more interesting than this other thing. I think they just had a lot of stuff to focus on. They did, like, I guess. Um, but because they had different, they had, they had a lot of stuff going on. They had the Diamond Hansu character. They had him. They had a lot of bad guys. I feel like they had a little too much going on, but to the movie's credit, the plot in here is even more ridiculous and inconsequential than the Guardians of the Galaxy plot. No. No, it was not. It sort of was. How was it? Because because that was... I didn't really... I mean, to be honest, I didn't really care about any of the Diamond Hansu stuff. I was just like, okay, he's there, whatever. Big sword, cool. There we go. Yeah, I know, but... What about Guardians? They make, I mean, yeah, it's in a galaxy. I just wanted to give you shit about Guardians. Yeah, because the movie, because the plot of that movie. Uh, we talked about that like several I times. I don't think it's a little. Uh, I know. I know. We're not gonna get into this. Now. No, I just, I just like to mess with you about it. <laughs> All right, but but there was a lot going on in this film because they had the Diamond Hansu guy, they had the the guy from the. He should have shown. He should have shown up and just been like. Like somebody talking about Deckard Shaw and Diamond Hunter goes, who? That's what they should have done. That would have been the Guardian crossover. <laughs> Give him that little gray, funny beard and the contacts again. Yeah. Um, they have the Tony Jaw character. He was awesome. Tony yeah. Jaw is cool. And then they had, then they had, you know, the Shaw guy. They had just a lot of Kurt Russell. What? And they had the Kurt Russell whole and thing. And the stuntman Mike on a little bit. So they had a lot of different characters to play off of each other, so it was, it was a little bit all over the place, but, I mean, it, but you kind of expect it, though, from these movies. Well, you that's what I mean. You, the plot is, is, you sort of, the, the focus is not the plot, the focus is badass characters, cool one-liners, fun action scenes, and it's, like I, I've said multiple times, this series is basically like the new Expendables, because you already have Vin Diesel, Dwayne Johnson, and... Jason Statham in a movie together. And then with cameos from people like Ronda Rousey and Tony John and that kind of thing. They're like a Schwarzenegger away from just being expendable, basically. <laughs> I, I don't know. Which is not bad. Actually, I feel like the Fast and Furious movies are like what the expendables sh- should be. Because the expendable movie, the last one was boring as shit. Yeah. The last one was very weak, even though I mean, they had crazy Mel Gibson as the, as the, as the villain. Yeah, that's true. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's what they're. That's what I'm, I keep trying to think of who who are they gonna bring in next now that they have. In, 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 I mean they have Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson probably almost I mean almost certainly coming back, and then Jason Statham may may be coming back as well. So I wonder like who else would they even get to up the ante as it were? Uh, they can bring Eva Mendes back. That's what I've heard. That's the rumor um, that they might bring her back. They can bring that guy from Tokyo Drift back. Yeah, he Bow was. Wow, maybe. That was weird that scene because it, it, he did look visibly older from one scene to the next. Because they showed that part from Tokyo Drift, and the next scene he's like, "Yeah, it's been a rough ten minutes. I aged ten years." <laughs> but let's talk about my friend Han. What happened? Um, I, I know, I know you like Tokyo Drift. I really did not care much for Tokyo Drift. And I definitely didn't like that dude. He was ruining the movie. He was, he was, it was entertaining. I didn't okay. say I there liked was some, it. There were some scenes that were, that were alright. Honestly, the best part of that movie is Han. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and that's, I'm glad they, they, looked, they took the one element of Tokyo Drift that worked and put them in, put him in the next. You know, another thing movie. that's, that's interesting about the Han character is that that's really, uh, what's his, Justin Lin? That's his boy. That's his boy. It's from his own movie. Which is probably why, you know, which is probably why Justin was like, I'm dead, I'm not going back, nothing for me to do now. Yeah, it's from his own films from way before Fast and the Furious. Yeah, Better Luck Tomorrow, and he played a character called Han in that too. Yeah, and they replaced his his thing with smoking with gum. Yeah, 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 I read about that too. Yeah, so, I mean, they brought him in, it's funny that when Han leaves, Justin Lin and yeah. too. It, it's uh, unclear exactly what they're doing for eight. Like if they're gonna try and bring Justin Lin back, if James Wan, if James Wan is very in demand now too. So yeah. Do you know if uh, Chris Morgan wrote this one too? Though? I think so. Yeah, because he's he's written pretty much all of them, right? Yeah, at least the last the last couple of I think. Yeah, because um, he's he's like uh, the quip master. 
Oh, so it's his one. It's his fault that blare of line that I hate so much. Well, yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Chris Morgan. I didn't, but he's also he's also responsible for yeah, yeah he did sandwich crazy and stuff. Yeah, that was you that know? was pretty funny. So and and I like how they mentioned that in the in the last one too about how the sandwiches were terrible, and you know because she used to make the sandwiches for him. Right. Right. Yeah. But uh, did you see anything about like the the CGI um, of Paul Walker that they did in the movie? Like, did I see anything where like I noticed stuff? Yeah. Um, there's a couple of scenes where he were like really fast, where his face looked like it was sort of off, or like in the action scenes, like especially later in the movie, there was that one part where him and Tony Jaa were fighting in that stairwell type deal, and they were like falling down, and like it was all like dark. And from behind Paul Walker's back to the point where I, I sort of surmised and like, okay, this must have been one that they shot with body doubles and stuff. Because usually in an action scene like that, you would do cut to a close up of like, this is Brian and he's in danger and this shit's about to go down. But instead, a lot of it was like back of the head, like shadows and stuff like that. So I, I some of that I felt like was, um, was a little suspect as far as that. But I mean, and uh, clearly they, they did something to manipulate the ending. Because obviously that was not going to end that way before. Yeah. So I wonder where they got that footage of uh, the, him and Jordana Brewster on the beach with the with the kid. If some of that was body double or if some of that was shot for another movie. Or maybe, used, maybe it was intended to be used for the opening of Fury 7. Like Brian living his new life. And then he sort of restructured it a little for this movie. Yeah, the ending, I felt like uh, when they were having that conversation before they even went to confront Shaw, that um, Jordana Brewster's like, this has to be the last one and all this stuff. I feel like they added that scene. Yeah, the stuff about, oh, he said he, what he misses most is the bullets. So they made like this whole little storyline for Brian about this is the end of the line. And how it's going to be another kid and how he really needs to settle down. Yeah. You know? So they, they kind of, I feel like they kind of tweaked it that way. Plus, you notice a lot of those conversations with the bullets and and um, with what Brian's future, all those conversations, like you were saying, happened with Jordana Brewster, yeah. not with Paul Walker. Like he's, think about it, like that whole, the whole Brian storyline about that angle, Paul Walker is not in any of the scenes, nor does he really make any mention of that storyline. Yeah, it's all between... Uh, Between Dom and, and uh, Mia, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think I think they just shot those scenes, you know, around that around situation. that to to create a new a new situation to sort of round out Paul Walker's yeah. character, try and get it out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, but I mean, you know, considering the fact, you know, like if we didn't know that that had happened, I don't think we would have noticed any of that. I think we'd be like, oh, it was a good movie. I don't think we would have felt like. I was even just doing another podcast and they were saying like, if you told me before I watched this movie that someone, you know, like didn't get to finish it, I would say it's a rock. And I was like, yeah, because I made a reference in my review on this, on the, on crookedtable.com, my four star review at five. What was it? <laughs> crookedtable.com. Um, that the, the rock was really underused in this movie. And I read online also that he, he only shot for 10 days. And you can tell because it's like, all right, so a few of those days were probably the fight with Jason Statham, and a few of those days were like him, him with the minigun doing the and then like a day for that scene at the end where he's locking Jason Statham up, and then a scene, you know, a day for that scene with Vin Diesel in the hospital, and like that other another day for the Daddy's got to go to work that thing, or or even combining some of them. So it's yeah, it's pretty clear to see there was not that much of the rock in it, which is which is unfortunate because honestly I feel like he's one of the best parts of this movie. Yeah. Now, I was I was upset to see that they, that they uh, took him out of the the film really early. Yeah, but holy shit, that scene with him and Jason Statham. Uh, that was really that was the bomb. Where he's like comes in and Jason Statham's on his computer. And he's like, I'm not quite finished yet. And then he, and then they have a massive throwdown through 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 walls. I think it's shit again. Yeah, it's like that sort of it sort of took me back to the Vin Diesel. Dwayne Johnson fight from past five a little bit. Like, yeah, I mean he totally would have won though if he didn't have if, if he if that girl wasn't there. Yeah, and he didn't have to jump out the window to save her. Yeah, I mean he he would have won. And the ironic thing is that in the movie Hobbs probably would have won, but in real life Jason Statham would. 
Jason Statham has uh, has the moves for real. Yeah, that's true. Jason Statham, I think, I'm pretty sure, really does have like a black belt or some shit. Oh yeah, yeah, and he also knows how to drive stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, they should have had him play like the transporter. That would have been awesome. Yeah, they have a new transporter coming. I know, but not with him. No, yeah, no, <laughs> different. Oh, Next, that's like being like they have a new Rambo. Oh, cool! I didn't know someone was doing it. No, not with someone. Oh, what the fuck is the point? Why do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not. That's yeah. It's Rambo's son. Exactly. <laughs> Rambo Junior. <laughs> um, um, but I was looking on this thing online, and I saw uh that um that you know some of the the scenes that have Brian Paul Walker's character uh, a, a CGI CGI version of him. Oh, really? And it looked. Pretty realistic. I feel like that's that's that shot um at the end in the car is like looking over at Dom and smile. I that would feel CGI to me. Like it looks weird. Yeah, it looks a little weird. But that scene where he's like in and they're and they're driving and then it tapers off and he sort of like drives into like the light type deal. Yeah. Like yeah, obviously you know, implying heaven, that kind of thing, like passing on. Mm-hmm. That was really well done and really really emotional. My wife and I both were like sort of touched by that. And for a Fast and Furious movie to go from like crazy insane action to making you basically tear up, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, indeed. And um also, uh do you know how they did the Paul Walker stuff with the brothers? Yeah, with his brothers, yeah. They used the same um CGI that they used for uh like Dawn of the Apes and stuff like Oh that. motion capture? Yeah they used oh, motion okay. capture and then put his face on. Put his face, used old clips of them to kinda of like do so it was it, it it was very interesting how they were. Yeah, they did an ex- they did an excellent job with it for sure. Yeah. Alright, so I think uh I think the song is gonna go. Yeah, I mean the story was interesting too. I mean the thing with Letty finally getting her memory back was very melodramatic, but you know. That the those those two yeah, that was a good twist, actually. Um, but those two have, have really good chemistry on screen. And Michelle Rodriguez is actually, like, you forget that she's actually a good actress sometimes in these movies, but you don't really have to be a, a best actor to be in a Fast and Furious movie, because it's just, like, you know, kind of stern looks and explosions and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, but no, she really sells some of the more emotional moments, I thought, too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So. All right. Uh, next one we're gonna be covering is Daredevil. We watched the first two episodes. Yeah, that was so, hard to shut it off, man. It was. I was getting into it. Yeah, we wish you, we, we wish we could review the whole season, but I'm sure. Well, I'm sure we might we might not make it a centerpiece of the podcast, like a Daredevil discussion. But I'm sure we'll mention it again as we watch more next time we do one of these or whatever. Um, but but what are, what were your initial impressions of it from right off the the I thought um I thought the cinematography was really good. Yeah. I thought it was very well shot and uh and um I thought it, it had a very artistic feel to it to describe what the character feels without saying how the character feels. Right. Through the use of sound or, or, or visual cinematography, yeah. Yeah. So and my favorite, I was telling you while we were watching it, was, was the was the hallway scene in the second one. I, I've been seeing online, <clears throat> I've been seeing online that a lot of people were talking about this one, this long, really cool one-take fight. I'm pretty sure that was it, because I, I didn't read any of the articles about it, because I was trying to remain spoiler-free mm-hmm. until after we watched the show, at least the first few episodes, something. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I think that was it. And if so, I could see why, because that was really impressive. And I've read that the show took a lot of inspiration from the raid and that kind of fighting style, and you and you could see a lot of that there. Yeah, it's all one I mean, day fighting in and out of rooms and like really really elegant use of of lighting and like sound and yeah, it's and it's interesting too because the show is hitting a lot of similar plot points to the movie, the 2003 Ben Affleck movie, but it's doing them. It's actually doing them much better, much more subtle, much more like. Well, it's following the comics. Well, yeah, but so I mean, like, but it's a lot of similarities. You still see him get in his accident. You still see his father, his fighting his father's body. You still see a lot of, you know, him him fighting crime on the rooftop and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So, 
stuff, but they're but they're handling it like so much better and more 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 grounded, more emotionally driven, and more character focused, as opposed to having voiceover do the whole thing for you like the movie does. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm I'm actually a quasi defender of the movie, especially the director's cut, I I would know by by no means say it's like an amazing cinematic achievement. But the show so far has seems like they're really approaching it sort of in the like the Dark Knight trilogy sort of tone. The Daredevil movie is definitely entertaining, but as far as uh, taking it as an art form, I think the show did a lot better right. of a job. And the action sequences are a lot better because it's like true stunt work, you know? Yeah. It's not just CGI. There's way and, and CG. And I, don't know, and I don't know if you've seen Daredevil recently, the movie, but the CG does not hold up well at all. Like, it looks really bad. Yeah, exactly. And there's all, like, these weird athletic flips that they did in the movie that didn't. Well, he jumps up like 20 feet in, in some time. Yeah, exactly. In the movie, it's very yeah, unrealistic of the character. Right. Know, it's like, why, like, how did you do that? You could tell he was obviously on, you know, a, a rig. <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. So, I, or I, CG'd completely the whole jump. Yeah, exactly. I like that's almost more so, that. I think the show takes uh, this, the fighting style of Daredevil very, very well. And without it going into, like, um, like the whole CGI, you know. Oh, I'm listening to your heartbeat. Let me show your heartbeat pulsing. Yeah, this does the sound. They did a good job of, of sort of conveying that. Plus, like I um I said while we were watching it, the show also has to work with a more controlled budget. They don't have like the 300 million or whatever it costs to make Avengers: Age of Ultron. Yeah. Which holy crap, coming up soon. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but you can tell that they really make the most of the money. And use that as an opportunity to be more creative with it. I mean, I'm sure they had a very substantial budget, but it's also like they don't have all the DC budget in the world. So that kind of forces them to be more creative and, and more um, resourceful about I'm how sure they convey things. Too. I'm sure they're saving a lot of the budget for like the last episode. Right. Yeah, then, exactly. Because that's when you really, I, I think that's right, when you really start getting to be Daredevil. The red suit. Yeah. And so, and, you know, he might have a fight with, with Fisk. We don't know. Yeah, we uh, haven't even met him yet. We haven't even met him yet. So I feel like they're going to be saving it for a little bit later toward that, the end of the season. That's another thing that the show has been doing really well, too. I mean, first of all, the supporting characters, we should mention, um, I did not get the actress name, but the lady playing Karen Page is really, was really interesting, really uh, spot on. And yeah. then Eldon Henson playing Foggy Nelson. Yeah. He's actually, I think he's a scene stealer already. Yeah, just, he's a good comic relief. And he has that perfect show. balance between being fast talking and like a sort of a, a uh, you know, to keep things light, but then also get getting real and serious when he has to. Mm-hmm. Joss Whedon would love him. Yeah, Joss Whedon would love him. <laughs> Too bad Joss Whedon is sort of done with Marvel for a while. Why? Well, because the Russo brothers who did Captain America the Winter Soldier, they're doing Avengers uh, Infinity War Part 1 and 2. Uh, so Joss Whedon, for all intents and purposes, is sort of stepping away from Marvel for a bit after Avengers Age of Ultron. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point he comes back and does a movie here and there. But why can't he do it with the Russo brothers? Or write it? I think least. he wants a break, because he's been doing Marvel stuff for three years. Over three years. But he loves Marvel. I know, but it's also like it's it's an all-consuming job. And he loves comic books. He does, but it's an all-consuming job, you know. I mean, look at all his works of art; they're all pretty much comic booky. They are very comic booky. But he, I think he wants to go create another project of his own. He doesn't want to yeah. constantly be beholden to the Marvel machine. He did Captain in the Woods. He did. He co-wrote it. Yeah. And he did much to do about nothing. I, you know what I mean. I know, but it's not to say that he'll never come back. I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll come. Oh, and you know, it's funny, actually, just stepping away from the Daredevil conversation for a second. But remember how he was in, he was in line to do Wonder Woman 600 million years ago? Yeah. Well, the lady that was Michelle McLaren, who done, uh, episodes, directed episodes of Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones, two shows that you love, mm-hmm. she has left the Wonder Woman project to create a difference or something. So that would be hilarious if we if Godwin jumps over there. That's interesting timing, actually, to have him go over to, to DC, DC and do some Wonder Woman action. I yeah. mean, I'm sure he's. I'm sure they would like want him to write it and stuff too. I don't know where they are. Script from the 
interesting in development of that. But yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. Anyway, it'll be it'll be making like uh, the, the, well, the Marvel. Well, but I mean, like you could have had me. Now I'm going over to the well, DC. Well, but DC could have had him back in the day, but they never got that movie going, and then Marvel swiped him up and made him like a A-list director, an A-list movie director. Yeah. And hey, from everything I've heard, Age of Ultron is gonna be freaking amazing. Everything I've seen, I said, I've seen the latest trailer. It's really, really good. Yeah, I saw the yeah, I saw the trailer. I didn't. I've been watching all the clips and stuff that they've been leaking because I don't want to see the whole movie before I see it. Yeah. So I've been just watching the trailers and that's it. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be amazing. Anyway, yeah, it looks really, really good. And they just had Ultron in the uh, the cartoon Avengers Assemble. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you they were like fighting yeah. him. Synergy. They're landing that up for when the movie comes out. Yeah, it, well, they just fought Thanos, and then. I don't know, Ultron took the power of it or something like that. Um, and now they're fighting Ultron. Interesting. So, yeah. Anyway, back to Daredevil. So, but they're doing a good job of, of surrounding him with interesting side characters. Um, but also like, but also holding back a lot of stuff. Like, and any other show would have had Kingpin like in the, in, in the first, in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, the, the fact that they put some mystery behind the character before you even see him. Exactly. They shows... haven't mentioned his name or anything. They haven't mentioned Wilson Fisk. They haven't mentioned Kingpin. I think some scene, and he hasn't even seen his cane. And I think that's, that's also an artistic um, step as well to show that how much he's trying to seclude himself from any proof that he's the one behind it. Right. Well, you know his, I mean? his, one of his. Uh, Enforcers, I guess, would be like, we don't even need to say his name, that kind of thing. I thought yeah, that would be interesting. Exactly. Ooh, so, snap, so how, like, just, it just proves how, uh, how much mystery is behind the character. Yeah. How, how much he doesn't want anyone to know that he's in, in you know, he wants taking over Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Hell's Kitchen. Taking over the, the chaos that happened from the thing in New York from Avengers 1. So. I thought that was a good tie-in, too. Yeah, it was a great tie-in. And it makes a lot of sense, because in real life, if something like that had happened, of course people would be like, how do we exploit this? Yeah, exactly. And it, and it connects things that are really plausible, but also subtle, not like beating people over the head. Look, there's holes everywhere, because the Avengers just fought here, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's sort of adjacent to all that, but not like right in the thick of it. So yeah. that this show could still be its own thing, instead of people being like, so when is Iron Man gonna show up? You know, yeah, I mean? it just shows like, oh, you know, ever since yeah, people the raining from the well, incident yeah. of people raining from the sky, yeah, you know, uh, I mean that pretty much clears everything. Right, up. you don't have to be if like, you, if you know, I saw that. Captain America once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Oh, and another thing, when when uh, that I looked up uh, when Rosario Dawson was saying that, oh, I'll just call you Mike. Mm-hmm. That's apparently his middle name. <laughs> oh, it's really Matt Mike Murdoch. Matt Michael Michael, Michael Murdoch. Yeah, Matthew Michael Murdoch. Triple M. Yeah, so his, his alias is is Michael Murdoch. Interesting. But he goes. Oh, okay. I'm gonna, to, I, I'm gonna be really tempted to read more to read the Easter egg articles, but I'm gonna try and hold off until we finish because that way I won't ruin anything. So I thought that was really interesting that that was his middle name and that's the one that she. Nice to, to pick. That's um, funny. So yeah, and uh, it, I I was reading up on the character a little bit. It's very true to, uh, I mean, it's very true to the character of how um, with the names and everything. Like, yeah. It, like uh, that Sweeney guy and. I figured. I, I had a feeling that every time they said a name, that was a name more or less from the comics. Yeah, like the apparently. Like the Sweeney guy was like Fixer or Sweeney was the one who wanted him to throw the fight, and they they mentioned the name and everything, and that's the person that that got behind killing him. So I wonder if they're gonna get to that, and you know maybe he's gonna you know reap a little vengeance on yeah on, you know Sweeney, or he's gonna come back. I, I don't quite possible. Uh, it's also interesting too that. Um, Jack Murdoch, his father was the the person he defeated in the ring in that climactic uh, boxing match. It was Carl Creel, who I'm pretty sure is was on an episode of a couple of episodes of Agents of Shield. That character. 
Oh really? Yeah, it's where I I'm telling you you need to watch Agents Agents of Shield, but you don't you don't listen. <laughs> it's uh, I told you it's all about it's getting all inhuman up in here and, and everything. So it's been it's been really good. I'm a few episodes behind still, but that show's been really impressive too. Anyway, um, yeah, Daredevil. We'll try and keep it as focused as possible today. But I feel like this was also really a strong title for um, for Marvel to open with because. Of this, like, second string characters that they have in the pipeline, Daredevil is probably one of the better known ones. And also has that darker tone that would be more suited to something like, like Netflix rather than trying to mash it right together with the Avengers universe right off the bat. Plus, not to mention the fact that by day he's a lawyer. So the show already sort of lends itself to, like, a legal, like, a law procedural slash superhero crime well also it's also one of the i feel like it's the it's the one out of out of between like luke cage and iron fist and well jessica jones well maybe not jessica jones but that's also one of the ones that they can make on a budget too yeah they can make cheap i mean luke cage he has the super strength and he can move stuff that's a lot of money yeah, uh, it depends. Don't have, yes. don't have him like move something too big, and you should be alright. What is he gonna lift like a, a sofa? I don't know. <laughs> That's a, you can go get the moving guy down the street. <laughs> it have to be like a truck or something like that. Right. It has to be big size stuff. Yeah, but they did that on Lois and Clark back in the nineties. They did that on they did that on Smallville. Yeah, no, compared to the budget of of basic. Stuff I don't know. I feel like Netflix has has a good amount of money. To most of it's stuff. like most of it's camera tricks. Yeah, like the thing with the heartbeat and everything. All they do is they they put the sound they of the blur it a little bit and they oh shit and you broke your phone. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> and they and all they do is is they just they just do some camera work to make it seem like you know like the person's distorted. It's all camera. Yeah, you know. Yeah, sound so, effects laid over. Yeah, and it's sound effects laid over. So it's no real budget as much as we've seen yeah. put into it yet. And you know, Iron Fist he has he has like incredible, you know, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of it's stunt work, but he also has incredible fist strength as well as you know, Iron Fist and his, his fists are supposed to glow. Right. But, I mean, those are very those are characters that won't cost much but daredevil he's mainly just like he's purely agility you know? yeah yeah and these are characters that would would also serve them down the line perhaps in infinity war if they want to bring all these characters in there at some point because i don't the way i imagine it is that infinity war is going to be a planetary threat basically on everybody and since it's two parts that's their that's their chance to bring in all the people that have been in the movies the Netflix shows, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and all that shit, Guardians of the Galaxy, and combine everybody and have them all play a role, even if it's a smaller role, have them at least be a part of it. Or I, even in the Civil War. Well, not even a planetary... Um, intergalactic, intergalactic, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Because if they take over... Well, Age of Ultron is technically going to be a planetary threat, I guess. Yeah, planetary threat, and then you go... Bam. Into the intergalactic threat. That's true, because the first one was like, the aliens attacking... New York. New York, which is a city, and then this one's going to be Earth, one, and then it's going to be the universe. The whole basically. universe. That's crazy. taking it from one scale up and up and up. What are they going to do after Infinity War? Because obviously they're going to keep making Avengers movies, so well, I wonder if they're going to be like, they're going to have to scale it back again and like reset a little bit. Yeah, Because Holy crap. Because that's, that's going to be the end of an era for these movies, because they've been building since Avengers 1. Event, those movies are building towards Avengers 1, which is build, building towards Infinity War. Yeah, so, I mean, they'll, they'll have to start with a whole other thing. Eventually, it'll go into another big battle, like Infinity War, of course, and it'll just start up, you know, it'll just start up right again, you know? Yeah. But it's like, it's like three, it's like each, each phase is its own thing, and it's building to its own, like, turning point, but then it's like, this is gonna be a three phase mega phase. Yeah, I mean, this is like, yeah, this is like a, kind of like a tsunami. You know, it starts out as like a, a, a small, like, like a miniature wave. Yeah. And then it slowly builds into this dynamic, dynamic. Dynamic? Dynamic. 
Dynamic. Gigantic. <laughs> Tired. Dynamic. <laughs> Gigantic, you know, uh, tsunami. And that's when Infinity, and then it crossed over, and then and then it goes into the ripples again. Right. And um, until you get the tsunami again. So I think that's uh, the what they're going to do once once the Infinity thing is done, then they have to go back into the tidal wave. Yeah. And build it up all over again, and find that new threat. But uh, I wonder I wonder what part Daredevil. I wonder I I can't imagine them not bringing Daredevil into the movie. I don't, At some point. I don't know if they'll bring it for the Infinity Wars. Well, somewhere. I mean, he could show up for two seconds, or, or I would. He would be better suited for Civil War, but that's happening like next year, so I don't know. And that's one movie, and they already have a lot going on. So I wonder if they'd be able to squeeze him in there. Possible. Yeah. I mean, because he he's like the only he's he, the only one he, that really has a secret identity so far. He well, yeah. Until <coughs> Spider-Man, yeah. Until oh, did, did, have you heard the updates on that? The the Marvel has confirmed that it will be Peter Parker, not Miles Morales or another version of Spider-Man. He will be in high school, and uh, and they've confirmed. Crap, what was the other thing? They Andrew Garfield will be. No, oh yeah, we knew that. We knew that. <laughs> yeah. So well, we have a better it. idea. I forgot now. Oh, and they confirmed that it won't be an origin story. Okay. He's gonna already. They're gonna jump in. He's already been Spider-Man. Oh, okay, good. So that means we don't have to watch the great power, great responsibility. Again, That's what my Uncle third, Ben said. He's like, yeah, we know. For a third Because, I mean, at this point, Spider-Man's origin has become as, as, as ubiquitous as Batman and Superman. It's like, we know Superman came from a planet. It's gone now. and It's here. <laughs> Batman's parents got shot. Now he wants to fight bad guys. We get it. Skip ahead to the main story. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, that's that. But, um... But yeah, and, and it's weird because I I was we were you get sucked into Daredevil like right off the bat, and you don't really get action for like a nice chunk of the way. I'd say at least maybe like halfway through the first episode, you get that fight by down by the docks or something. Mm-hmm. And then and then it's like there's it's the action is starting off as very sparse, but it's like you don't mind because all of the like mystery crime stuff is just as interesting, if not more so. Yeah. Yeah, they want to build on the characters. Yeah, of course. And not just shove action down your throat. And that's that's the the good thing about you tell that they're 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 taking their steps very carefully. Right. Right. And that's what you're like here. There's an action scene. Well, I mean, they, they could also. I'm also impressed with the fact that they're not throwing Electra in there in the first season, because you know that obviously they want to get to her because she's a key character. So I wouldn't be surprised if in season two she definitely shows up, or at some point if they might want to. Her story is successful. They spin her off into her own show. Mm-hmm. She has led her own comic books before, even though her solo movie was way shittier than the Daredevil movie. Yeah, which is just unfair. Like from a you know from a movie fan perspective, every time they make a female superhero film, it, it sucks. It. it sucks every time they make a female superhero film. It sucks, and it's not because female superheroes suck. It's that they never find they. They don't put any care into the creation of the movie. They're just like, whatever. They put She's care got boobs. They'll go see it. I'm like, put, no. They put more not care bad. into Make a good movie out of it. They put more care into the, the costume design of the character. I guess. Because Catwoman, Electra, Supergirl, these are like terrible fucking movies. Well, yeah, because those are all based solely off of the, the female attraction. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. The, 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 I mean, the, look at the costumes alone. It's, it's oh, the Catwoman one especially. Yeah. So. So yeah, pretty much. But it uh, all. But um, but Electra could could done right could totally lead her own show. Oh yeah. And and I have a feeling that Captain Marvel will probably be the first female-led superhero movie that actually is good. And I think I forget if Captain Marvel's coming out before Wonder Woman. It's sort of a like close. I think they're like around the same year or something. Mm-hmm. But that should be interesting. So, so okay. Now that we've seen the first couple episodes of Daredevil, where do you want to see the show go? Like in the next eleven episodes. Um. Well, if he hasn't gotten vengeance on that Sweeney guy, then I feel like it it would focus more on that. And then. Have like the Fisk thing evolve as as the story goes on, and and them wanting to know who this Daredevil guy is. If that's not the case, and the Sweeney guy maybe maybe that was the first guy he took out or something. 
because, you know, that's, that's the one that was behind his father's death. Right. Then it would probably be just behind him clashing with Fisk without Fisk actually being involved. I wonder how long it's going to be until we actually meet him. I can't imagine that moment is going to be like in the next episode or two. I feel, yeah, I feel like it might be till three. Maybe the end of three. I would say maybe like five. Alright, we'll see. It's I would say five. Or, or maybe later. We're definitely though, in case you can't tell, we're definitely intrigued by this show and we definitely are down for a more. In fact, if we didn't have to record this podcast, we probably would have been watching another one or two. Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you, what do you think the show would be going? I think it's going to build probably knowing Marvel's uh, tendency to want to like take chances and have something big happen at the end of every, you know, project. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the fist it's uh, unmasked as the kingpin. Yeah. Maybe not sent away. Maybe not, you know. I don't think he gets defeated necessarily, yeah, but I, I think people will know that he's the ultimate. Who's who is the kingpin? That he know, won't be shrouded in mystery anymore. Right. His, his face sort will of be like exposed. This is weird. It's my second Lois and Clark reference on this podcast, but it's weird. It sort of reminds me a little bit of like the the season finale of the first season of uh, Lois and Clark, where Lex Luthor this whole time has been sort of two faced, where he's not Harvey Dent style. But like Two Face, whereas he's this philanthropist to the people, but Superman knows that he's this criminal mastermind type deal, and it's just about making that public, and that happens at the last episode. I can sort of see something like that happening by the end of Daredevil, uh, season one. But I mean, if it doesn't, then hey, Marvel will surprise me again. So and it wouldn't be the first time or the last, I'm sure. So we have this one, and then we have Jessica Jones, probably Luke Cage, and then Iron Fist, and then the, the Defenders, where they all team up. What would you like to see, assuming that all these shows are successful, which, and considering Marvel's track record, is probably oh, pretty good. The oh, let me finish my sentence. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. What would you like to see? <laughs> what would you like to see Marvel concentrate on? What characters for Wave Two of their Netflix series? Of the Netflix series? I mean, I think it's safe to assume some of these will get season two at some point. But you know that they're also going to want to bring in. Who else can we put on Netflix now? If they ha- if they don't do Deadpool in a movie, oh well, they're doing that. They are doing the Deadpool. Oh, it's being movie. shot, oh, and that's a Fox property. That's not Marvel. Yeah, I know, but they they're now, you know. Well, they're working with Sony. They're not working with Fox, as far as we know yet. Oh yeah, that's so it's so. Sony's just Spider Man. Yeah. Okay, so Fox has X Men, everything X Men, and Fantastic Four. And since he's a mutant, it's technically right under X Men. Right. And they're shooting that now, and it's supposedly going to be R-rated, and sounds awesome. If you're not on Ryan, if you're not following Ryan Reynolds on Twitter, and on Twitter, what the hell's that? <laughs> on Twitter, he's been tweeting out really interesting, like fun, like set photos and like promotional stuff. So uh, check that out. But I'm glad that they took him back. As I know, me too. He's perfect for that. He was good in that early part where he's. Deadpool in the early beginning of X-Men Origins Wolverine before it got really terrible. I think he was the best part okay. of the yeah. movie. Yeah, he was. Um, I mean, the rest of it was just all but, smoking mirrors. But you're right, Deadpool would have been a good fit for a Netflix show. But That's why I'm leaning towards, for me, I'm I'm looking for two Marvel heroes that have been on the big screen before, but in less, uh, it sort of went out lamely. And I'm thinking Blade and Punisher. Who are both perfect for this sort of tone, mm-hmm. and who would also mesh well with Daredevil, mm-hmm. uh, but who have like the last Blade movie did not do well. The last the Blade TV show that they had on Spike, even though I like it, um, did not last very long. And I'm sure Marvel could handle the character better. And Punisher had two, actually, sorry, three failed movies. Two of which I've seen, and both of which are pretty are, are pretty terrible. And he's a pretty good character. I mean, yeah. I don't know why nobody can get Punisher right. I've said this a million times. He's not that hard a character to figure out. He's just, I mean, it's not like Superman. It's, where yeah, it's, it's not like, like there's a big mythology. His family gets killed. He's pissed. He's kind of extreme when it comes to going after criminals. Go ahead, do it. Put the freaking t-shirt with the skull on him and the gun, and you're good. Yeah. I don't know why it's so complicated to figure out. It really shouldn't be. Uh, um. So those would be two that I'd definitely be, be hoping to see. I mean, I, I'm sure there's other characters that I'm not familiar because I didn't really know much about Jessica Jones uh, um, until you know until this news started coming in about that show. Um, but 
but yeah, those two, those two I like to see. And then I'm trying to think what else. I know there would there Joss Whedon want to do a Runaways show. There's a comic book called The Runaways, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's another one that they maybe consider for a Netflix series, considering they are sort of taking chances with more obscure titles like Jessica Jones and stuff like that. Those Defenders. It's just going to be Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Supposedly. Suppose that's what I've heard, yeah. I mean, you thinking they're going to bring in your boy? But, like, Strange? Yeah, Strange. I, I'm hoping that they do. Well, then but, but that would require probably they, more money than they want to. Spend. I mean, they could definitely have him in there in a, in a like, smaller but I, capacity. But I would think, though, since, I mean, they're having Iron Fist, and he's a mythical oh, superhero. Mystical? Yeah. Mystical <laughs> superhero. <laughs> Thor, is a, Thor is a mythical one. Yeah. I'm tired. Um, that they'd also have Doctor Strange, because Doctor Strange is supposedly supposed to be buddies with Iron Fist and all those stuff. And they yeah. Each other. So you would think that they would be buddy-buddy in the Iron Fist, you know, maybe like a season or something, or maybe through the Defenders or something. Well, like Marvel has prided itself on the whole it's all connected mantra, so I would not be surprised if at some point Benedict Cumberbatch shows up on here to sort of lead fans of these Netflix shows into the Doctor Strange movie and help build hype for that a little bit more. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past him, but so far we're very impressed with Daredevil. Looking forward to seeing more, and uh, yeah, it should, be, it should be really cool. And it wouldn't be as difficult to get him on the Netflix show. Than like than, Robert Downey Jr., yeah. Yeah, or Chris Hemsworth, or one of the bigger new yeah. actors. Yeah, exactly. Have for the but you, you don't think that they'll have him in the, uh, in the, you know, the Civil War storyline thing? Doctor Strange? No, uh, New Devil. I mean, I, I'd like to see him in there somewhere. I don't, I mean, there's not, there's, there's no reason that if they get the script right, they can't work in a, a even a, like a, even if it's a cameo of something. From him because I mean obviously most of the story is gonna be Cap Cap versus Iron Man. Yeah, but but and they already Daredevil, have a lot of other supporting people. Daredevil in has a you know he has a storyline too in the thing. So oh, yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah. Maybe they might incorporate him in some capacity because. Have you read Canada Civil War all the whole conversation or some of it? I read parts of it. Yeah, I haven't read the whole thing. I, just because I was going to read it, but then. I didn't want to ruin it for myself if they made a movie of it. Right. And I wanted, I know what happens at the end. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to. I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. Ruin the the stuff that happens, you know, in the middle of it, so. Right, right. Well, I wouldn't, we might, I wouldn't, it would be cool if they have the whole Spider-Man unmasking scene in there, but I don't think they're going to do that. Because they're trying to get a new Spider-Man franchise started, that, that would sort of kill it a little. But. So anyway, Daredevil, big four four thumbs up, I guess. So uh, we'll keep you guys posted on that as we watch more of them. But I think we'll go ahead and wrap things up. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Crooked Table. And I am at Freddy with a Y underscore Yannis, Y-A-N-I-Z. Of course, you can read all our, our articles on CrookedTable.com. Find us on Facebook. Etc. Etc. Let us know what you think about the podcast, about the website, anything you want to hear us talk about. We'll be more than happy to oblige. So uh, catch you guys next time and uh, roll credits. Here we are with our encore segment. For those of you who haven't listened to this before, shame on you. Shame on you. Wow, that's not a scary voice. So um, this is the section where we both tell you guys about something that we recently discovered. That's not Snoop Dogg music from 25 years ago. Wait. <laughs> well, I just recently discovered. Okay, obviously I knew who Snoop Dogg was from nine years ago, and I know like Jimmy Juice, that kind of thing. So I recently like checked out the complete like doggy style album his first album from 1993 and it's actually really good i was like holy crap this is this is awesome 
I feel like it's been probably like the high, the high, the peak of his career with Spurgum. You know, really it's good. such a coincidence that you mentioned Snoop Dogg because I was gonna say like Kiss or something. Like I've just been Kiss getting still into, touring. I've just been getting into Kiss. That Gene Simmons is incredible. He's a second man. Like. Okay, all right, thank Did you. Did you see how, how, <laughs> I mean, this is, no, I, I, I wouldn't, I'm not gonna, not my official encore. I know, I'm but, just the, saying. but the encore segment is supposed to be something that people could be like, oh, I didn't know about that, let me check it yeah, out. You didn't, I'm you pretty didn't sure, know about Snoop Dogg. I'm pretty sure they know who Snoop Dogg is. You know who else I've been listening to? Missy Elliott. They know about Missy Elliott? Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> some people probably don't, because when she was in the Super Bowl, people were like, who's this chick? Trying yeah. to ride on Katy Perry's coattails. Um, a person who's been like Grammy, probably Grammy. I don't know. Yeah, I told I told you they thought that. I know that's what they, I'm saying. So bam. Nicki Minaj. Oh, now. What now? Anyway, my encore. Okay. <laughs> we're being silly. We can be silly. Um, my uh, my encore thing is a YouTube channel called Couch Tomato that I recently came across, and they only have a few videos posted so far. But they're basically pointing out 24 reasons why X, X movie and Y movie are the same. And they roll, they run through and compare, like, there's ones in there about why Passion of the Christ and Man of Steel are the same movie. Why The Matrix and the Lego movie are the same movie. Why, uh, the most recent one was uh, X-Men Days of Future Past and Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And it really sort of points out, like, a little bit of the framework behind these movies and how how similar they really are. And it makes it's making me sort of figure out a little bit more why what attracts me to these movies. Because when they especially the days of future past one, because I was I and that explains a lot more why that that uh why that film works for me so much. It's it essentially is Terminator two on a lot of levels. So that's definitely cool that and it's the one that I can see really growing in the months to come and I think I feel I feel like uh, our listeners should sort of have a leg up on that. Yeah, well, a lot of movies have similar templates. Yeah, if, well, yeah, of course, look at, but they're very specific. Their reasons are very specific. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because Superman, the, I mean, the Man of Steel, that one yeah. is placed. It it has a lot of religious um, references. Yeah, but the Matrix and the Lego movie. movie. Why are those the same movie? Because it's an outsider going into yeah, a but world that's, that's being open to but no. Yeah, that's no, but it's a completely different it's in a completely different way. Because this is the chosen one. Well it's having his eyes one, open to a, a whole one. other world. Well, that's that's a it's Joseph, supposed to be the best one of all. That's a Joseph Campbell alternate archetype. reality. Okay, that's a Joseph Joseph Campbell storytelling archetype that you can also use to include Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. Pretty much everything ever made ever. Yeah, yeah, Inception. Yeah, but these are more specific. Some of them. It's it's plus it's just entertaining. In addition to that. Well, they just took these two specific specific ones out of that use that template because they were the most similar. They um, are the most of similar. The ones, oh, shit, of the ones similar. in the of the ones in the template, but it's still a template. Just like you know, I mean, you could say you can compare it to Inception if you want. Well, to. it makes it apparent how just how like blatant the templates are. Yeah. And it, and it puts it in an interesting way where it's like, like, uh, Days of Future Past Terminator 2, like, Metal Guy goes back in time. Like, oh fuck, they both are metal. That's right. To stop this person from killing this little person. And I'm like, oh shit. That little, every Eddie Furlong and Peter Dinklage are both really tiny people. That's true. Damn. Things like that that are really kind of interesting. I, it, I would check it out. It's cool. I find it interesting. So they compared a, a little person to a kid? Well, they're both short people. Oh, so now you're gonna be offensive to the little person. They're short. They're people of a certain height. Okay. All right. Uh, my encore segment thing is is just a single YouTube video. Um, some of you may already know what this video is if you watch Seth Meyers, the late show with Seth, late night show with Seth Meyers. I think it's called. Is that on NBC? Yes. Late night. It used to be late night with Conan O'Brien, right? No, I think it's Jimmy Fallon. No. Jimmy Fallon took Conan O'Brien's spot. I know. No, Jimmy Fallon took Conan O'Brien's Tonight Show. Jimmy Fallon's on the Tonight Show. 
Whatever. Trust me, were you watching talk shows it's in the Seth 90s? It's Seth Meyers, man. It's Seth Meyers. I don't know. No, so no, whatever really show it is with Seth Meyers know. with Knight in, in the title. Late night, okay. Probably. Um, uh, the encore segment that I am picking is a YouTube video that they used uh, with uh, Jon Snow. And basically, it's Seth Meyers' friends with Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. He's taking him to a, a dinner party with friends. And uh, pretty much, it just shows his uh, his personality clashing with in social. Oh, society. I've heard about this. So I, it's I a really funny it, video, and especially if you're a Game of Thrones fan, you'll enjoy it because there's a lot of Game of Thrones references that he puts in there. So I suggest you check that out because it is a hoot. Unless you're like me and you've never seen an episode of Game of Thrones, at which point don't bother because you probably won't get it. That's why I didn't watch it. Well, it's probably it's still funny, but I guess I I know so little about that show other than Westeros, Joffrey, a lot of dead people, Peter Dinklage being awesome. That's pretty. I just told you everything I know about Game of Thrones. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot though. I guess that's all the gist of it is what it is. All right. Um. Well, that concludes the encore segment. Why are you so formal? Peace out, suckers. All, all right. right. See you then. See you later. This has been a production of CrookedTable.com. All rights reserved. That's the yard of the little KED.